This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. Try the number one recommended web hosting provider. With plans starting at just $3.95 a month, you'll get a free domain, free site builder, easy one-click WordPress installs, and 24-7 support. But what's just as impressive as what you get is what you don't get, as there's no contracts, no hidden fees, and no gimmicks. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Bluehost. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 87, entitled Interview with Jason Ambro from Ambrose Landscaping. Hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, as always, to another edition uh, of the podcast. And I also really appreciate you guys taking the time out to email me lately, um, you know, especially in regards to these interview episodes. It really seems uh, like it's connecting with you guys. You guys are really uh, enjoying uh, and appreciating uh, the episodes. Uh, so that is fantastic. As always, if you guys do receive anything from uh, of value from listening to these episodes, I would ask that you go to iTunes uh, and uh, you know leave a review for the podcast. That's probably the single uh, biggest and best thing you can do uh, for me and the podcast to help uh, it reach others that uh, have not uh, heard it uh, yet and even maybe even share it on your social media as well um you know, let others know that you enjoy the podcast and that it's worth listening to. That would be fantastic. Well, this week, uh, you know, is, uh, another great interview. Uh, I have Jason Ambro this week. Um, and many of you guys, uh, know and follow Jason on uh, his YouTube channel. He's currently got, uh, close to, uh, 8,000 uh, subscribers on his YouTube channel. Uh, if you're following him on Instagram, he's got, uh, uh, just uh, at the time of this recording, just under 7,000 uh, followers on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure you guys have all seen his very uh, professional and polished uh, videos that he does on equipment reviews. Uh, Jason's been featured uh, in uh, the Green Industry Pros magazine for the video he did uh, on his uh, enclosed trailer uh, setup and walkthrough video. Uh, so uh, I was very excited to uh, have Jason uh, come on the show and uh, share his uh, lawn care business story. So as always, I'll play the uh, podcast announcements and then we'll get into the episode and into the interview uninterrupted right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 
30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. So I'd like to welcome Jason Ambro from Ambrose Landscaping to the show. Welcome, Jason. How are you doing? Doing good. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. I really like uh, to uh, just basically extend a warm welcome to you and thank you uh, for taking the time to come on to the Lawn Care Business Success podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. No problem at all. I enjoy this. Um, so maybe uh, we'll just get right into it and uh, maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your business. Well, I've been in business, I think in a couple days, it will be six years in business. Um, started when I was basically 18 years old. And uh, okay. basically, it was just from a good friend of mine. Him and I were thinking of, uh, we were working on a lavender farm, doing some the lawn care and the landscaping around there. And he said, why don't we start a business together? Uh, luckily, we decided not to. We were thinking of a partnership, but uh, we decided to start our own sole proprietor businesses and just hop right into it. Basically, didn't know anything and uh, kind of learned from there and just slowly started growing over time. And it's just something I absolutely love and, uh, you know, put a lot of my time and dedication to. So that's awesome. So it sounds like you were uh, fresh out of uh, high school when you uh, decided to go straight into uh, uh, the entrepreneurial path. Yes. It, it, you know, owning a business was not something my dream when I was a kid was to actually be a Marine and join the military. Oh, okay. Uh, never did I think I was going to start a lawn care business. Um, but yeah, basically my, my friend, he had the idea and I thought, oh, that sounds kind of fun because I always like kind of being my own boss and I was yep. kind of doing it before then. Uh, my, my grandpa who I call, he's not my real grandpa, but he's my adopted grandpa. Yeah. Basically it started out with him, uh, years ago from a friend and I was just doing odd jobs for him. And then he would recommend me to, uh, one of his friends and then another friend. So in a sense, I was kind of getting into that vibe, but actually starting the business and actually getting the license wasn't there until my friend, uh, actually brought it up. So, oh, okay. So it sounds like um, you've answered sort of my next question here, and that's, uh, is your lawn care business your main income, or was it a, is it a side hustle? Actually, right now, yeah, it is our main income. It basically has been my main income since uh, about five years ago. My first year in business was by far the worst um, because it was something I was starting to get used to. I didn't know how to do your contracts. I was working nights cleaning floors. Uh, and then just taking on any odd jobs at the time I was moved out. I was single. Uh, well, I mean, I was in a relationship with my, my girlfriend, which is now my wife. Um, and so at the time it wasn't. And then basically when my wife and I got married, it became my full-time job and I put completely all my dedication and time into it. Uh, there okay. are a couple things I, I've been starting to do like a lot of the more of the videography. So YouTube is kind of like somewhat my second income. It's not really something you can live off of. Uh, but it is something, and that's what we're trying to grow into because I absolutely love doing videography and uh, and all that kind of stuff as well. Okay, that's cool. So what um, first attracted you to uh, the lawn care industry and made you want to um, uh, start your own business? You know, just watching certain TV shows. I've, I always loved being outdoors, and there was something about taking something that was ugly and just make it look amazing and there was videos i saw when i was a baby i was one year you know a year old and basically helping my mom mow the grass i used to do that all the time up in alaska oh, cool. where i lived 
and you know, I I didn't think about this until the other day. I used to rearrange rocks around trees, and so I was kind of getting into this landscaping vibe. But you know, of course, I didn't know anything about it when I was young. Um, but I just absolutely love being outside. That was the biggest thing. I love working with power equipment. And, um, and it kind of just grew from there, to be honest. Uh, things that really got me motivated was TV shows like Yard Crashers and um, – I always forget them. There's there's three of them, Yard Crashers, and then Turf Wars, and then another one called Desperate Landscapes with uh, oh, okay. Jason Cameron. So that stuff really got me motivated into uh, getting into that the long oh, cool. industry. Cool. So with your business, um, what type of uh, work do you prefer? Do you like doing uh, commercial stuff or residential and why? I like the commercial slash condo associations. Um, Okay. The reason why I don't do too much residential around here is because, you know, not only competition, but it seems like it's a little bit more difficult to deal with the clients. You know, at a, okay. at a condo or at a commercial account, basically you're dealing with one person, which is the property manager, and it doesn't matter what, you know, any of the employees say about how they want the landscaping done. It's basically I'm working with one person. It's the same way with residential, but in in a different aspect, I guess you can say, because usually somewhat commercial people want their stuff to look high end, which is what I like, mm-hmm. where the residential people, you try to get them to get the high end stuff. Um, like, Hey, why don't we put mulch and mulch? And sometimes they can't afford it or they don't want to do it. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little difficult to do that. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so <laughs> <laughs> no, that answers. No, it's perfect. Um, so I want to, uh, well, I'm going to ask a few more questions, but I'm going to circle back to that, um, point that you're bringing up about condo associations and stuff, uh, a little bit later on, on uh, maybe some tips, uh, you can, uh, uh share w- with guys that uh, maybe want to get into that type of work on how to uh, pick up that sort of stuff. So we'll circle back to that in a little bit. Um, so, uh, sh- let's see here. Um, so what's your favorite thing about uh, being self-employed? You know, just the freedom. It's basically I, I set my own schedule and I mean, that's basically it. It's just the freedom. It's just not mm-hmm. being underpowered by someone else. And I've had those jobs, you know, and so just to be able to say, hey, I need to take this day off because I want to go spend time with my family and not having to request someone to do that. Um, it's just nice and I can choose the direction of where I want to take myself or my business. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's almost like being debt free. It's like, you're not held down by someone and you're not controlled. You're basically this free person that, you know what, if I want to go do this, I can do this. If I want to take on this job, I have a say in it and no one's saying you have to do it no matter what. So I would yeah. say basically summing up the freedom is, uh, what I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. That's, uh, my number one, uh, motivator too, for being self-employed has always been freedom. And in fact, uh, one of my very first podcast episodes, uh, because the, the podcast is called, um, lawn care business success. I had to do a episode basically on what does success mean to me? And you know, what's, what's the definition of success yeah. and because it's different for everybody, um, you know, you've got guys that, uh, uh it's all about, uh, making as much money as they possibly can and working, uh, crazy amounts of hours and through the weekends and all that sort of stuff, um, where you get the other side of the spectrum with me where it's not so much about the money. Yes. You know, I need to make money and I need to support my family, but it's uh, a lot more too about being able to take time off and be with my kids and, and, 
enjoying them growing up uh, and, you know, being able to drive them to soccer practices or to hockey practices and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, doing that sort of thing as well and not being able to or not needing to answer to anybody to or ask permission for that. Um, so, the, yeah, the freedom is a seems to be a very common uh, theme amongst uh, landscape owners uh, for that sort of thing. Um, so maybe, um, what is your, uh, what ways do you market your business and maybe share your number one marketing tip? Well, at first I was, you know, the one way you got to figure out is you have to do something somewhat different than what other people are doing to stand out. Uh, in my area, when I, you know, I was just a young kid, I was about 19 years old. And sometimes I still get this kind of this cold shoulder where people look at me because of my age and they think, oh, well, you probably don't know anything. Why would I hire you? So I had to try to find a way that was to market that was different. And one of the biggest things I noticed in my area was guys were not putting logos on their trailers and trucks. So basically you were driving around and you had no idea whose company that was and who they were. So that was probably one of the biggest things I invested in which it wasn't too much at the time, but basically putting some logos on my trucks and trailers and that really got my name out there. And I would have to say the other thing is social media. Um, Social media has probably been one of the biggest influences I've had uh, for business and in my personal life. Um, I I get clients that just recently in the past few days where they tell me, oh, I I saw your YouTube channel or I saw this. And so that's why I'm really particular with what I put on my YouTube channel. That's why I do all my stuff is absolutely clean. There's no cussing at all or no inappropriate talk because you never know Mm -hmm. who's watching. And especially if, you know, I've had companies like Echo reach out to me to do product reviews on there. And, you know, they don't want someone that's cussing all the time and talking about inappropriate stuff. They want someone that's going to represent their company in a clean way. Um, So basically, yeah, you know, social media, since it was basically free to do, uh, that was, that was really huge because now when you type in landscaping in on Google, I come up as either number one sometimes or number two in my local area. And that's against guys that's been in business for over 30 years doing landscaping or lawn care. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know, the, the logos on the trailer and then also uniforms as well, uh, was another thing. Cause like I said, in my local area, I was noticing that guys were driving around with no advertising on their truck. So you had no idea who they were and they were just wearing basic clothing at the job site. And I wanted to look as professional as possible. Cause in a sense with my age, I had something to prove. Uh, I had to prove that I'm not just some young kid that just started a company. I have to prove that I'm a professional, um, you know, guy that, is wanting to build a company, uh, into, you know, a successful company, you know? And so, yeah, I would have to say, you know, the, the uniforms, the logos on the trucks and trailers, and then by far social media was another big one. Mm, excellent. Mm. Excellent. Um, that, uh, we seem to have a lot in common there, um, along those lines too. The professional image, uh, is what I based my whole, uh, business around. Um, and, uh, I think it's been tremendous because of it. And the growth has been tremendous because of it. I've shared stories on the podcast before about, you know, how, uh, I've had customers, uh, come up to me, like I did a quote one time and, uh, I only do credit card payments, uh, and I asked the customer for their credit card and they pulled it out and, and gave it to me. And then they kind of <clears throat> sat back there uh, and said, 
this is crazy. I've only known you for one minute and I just gave you my credit card. And, uh, and she starts laughing, but she goes, I can tell with your, your trailer and your uniforms and all that stuff that you're not some fly by night, uh, company that you're obviously, you know, serious and you're going to, you're here, you know, you're not going to disappear basically. Uh, and I started laughing going, that's exactly what I was kind of going for. And, and then I had another situation, another story that I keep telling about, uh, doing a quote, uh, for a large, uh, they call it an auto mall. Basically, it's just a collection of auto dealerships in one location. Gotcha. Uh, and we went to go uh, do a quote for them. And we pulled in and uh, we had two trucks and two trailers matching. And we went into the uh, uh, property manager's office. And uh, he said, I saw you guys roll in. He goes, nice shirts. He goes, You're, uh, you remind me of something I'd see on Dragon's Den. Now, oh, yeah, uh, Dragon's Den, yes. yeah, now for the guys that don't know, Dragon's Den is basically the, the Canadian equivalent of Shark Tank. Yes. And uh, I said to him, thank you very much. You just made my day. <laughs> I said, it's yeah. exactly what I was aiming for with the whole look of the company and the brand and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I totally get your vibe there. I totally, I modeled my whole brand after uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK and just the professional look uh, and trailers and always being clean, including the equipment and stuff. And I, I see that a lot in your videos as well. Um and I think it's a great way to differentiate yourself from the, um, let's face it, millions of other guys running uh, trucks and trailers and equipment. Now, it's not going to be for everybody. Yes. Um, you know, the some clients are going to be uh, turned off by that because it also gives the impression of, uh, being a a higher cost service, but let me tell you, you don't want the clients that are that are turned off by that. Exactly. Um, you know, those are the ones that are uh, lowballing and wanting you know everything done cheap or free, uh, and uh, and that. So it sort of uh, helps weed out that type of uh, client as well. Um, and the social media, I think, is uh, you have to get onto that if you're not already uh, starting your lawn care business, um, at least, you know, a website, at least maybe Facebook or one of those, whatever you're comfortable with and, uh, get on one of those trains. And, uh, uh do you uh, advertise or use, uh, the Google, my business service? I haven't tried that yet. No, I okay. usually try to stick with, I, I'm trying to slowly branch out into other uh, social media marketings, but like okay. where I feel like I'm at, comfortably and what i usually put a lot more time into is my youtube and instagram um, okay not so much facebook i've never been a facebook person uh yep. just because you know i used to be back in the day myspace that was the life because i was in high school so everyone yeah, was yeah. using it and um and i just i'm not into the usually you tend to get into the drama around your local area with friends and i usually try to i try to stay away from that as much as i can yes yes so the only yeah. thing i ever go on facebook for like you don't see me post anything on my personal account but on my business one i'll try to post a couple pictures every now and then but that's mostly just for my local area people where usually they youtube and instagram's more for the nationwide for guys that i get to connect with like you know people yes. like you so it's really nice yeah yeah that's cool one of the uh, strategies i tried um was um just blanketing or registering my company on as many online um not so much the social media stuff, but like services websites like Yelp, um, the Google My Business, anything like that. Because um, uh, there was one called, I think, Homestars. Uh, and just putting my company name and details on those sites uh, because I found a lot of them are location-based. Uh, mm -hmm. So when people are searching with their phones, 
you know, the company pops up. And it also, um, if somebody is looking for your company specifically and they type in a search for your company name, it also blankets the search results with all those listings. So you don't get any of the other uh, competitors listings popping up uh, because they're similar to yours because it it fills in all those search results first with everything that uh, has your information on it. So I found that that seems to work out pretty neat too, because you do a search and then it's just like my company stuff for on the first page and then uh all the other stuff on the other pages any other competitors and stuff um so uh maybe uh share your uh best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business so this is somebody who's listening to this or watches you on youtube and they're not in lawn care yet but it's something that they're thinking about and they're you know trying to get over that hump and maybe they have a part-time job or something um <laughs> and maybe walk them through what, what would you say if this was like um uh, you know your best friend or or somebody asking you for advice what would you say yeah there's there's a couple things i would say the first thing i always come to is you know, do you have a passion in this industry? Because a lot of guys, I think they get this concept of, oh, lawn care is easy. All I do is buy a mower and a weed whacker and a blower. I go mow a yard and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that there's really a huge market there. It's not just the mowing because eventually people are going to want mulching and fertilizing and aerating and thatching. And if you don't know that stuff, um, then you're basically just limiting your business. And so there's been a lot of guys, you know, in the past few, you know, in the past six years I've been in business, I've seen companies, if you would call them that, you know, like small guys come and go within a year or two because they don't realize Mm -hmm. that the, there's really a lot more in landscaping or or lawn care than just mowing a lawn. You know, the client usually wants more than that. And so I would say, what is, is your passion really in this industry? Because, you know, it does take a lot of time, you know, it's not just, you know, you have the maintenance on your equipment, you have the advertising you have to do. I mean, just running a business overall is quite a bit, but in the lawn care industry, usually there's a little bit more overhead because of insurances. You have to make sure you're abiding by laws, you know, like in my state, you have to um, actually it's throughout the all United States, but you have to be, if you want to use pesticides like Roundup, you have to have a license yep. to do that, which I do, which that was difficult to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always my first question is, do you really have a passion in this industry? Because it's not easy. And yep. if you absolutely love this, like I have a passion for this and I really, truly love it. And it's pushed me through some really hard times where I didn't think I would make it or things got really difficult where you're trying to stretch and grow. Um, so that would be my first question I would ask them. Uh, for okay. That. Okay. Um, yeah, as I'm uh, similar. I, when I was thinking about starting uh, my lawn care business and, and what attracted me was seeing other landscapers and that freedom uh, or that sense of freedom I saw from them um, being able to, you know, uh, go house to house and set their own schedule and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, really sort of turned me on to the lawn care. And I liked obviously mowing my own lawn. Um, you know, as a homeowner, but I knew, um, living where we live. Um, now I know you mentioned that you're sort of in a pocket where you don't get much rain. Um, but, uh, I'm, uh, you know, the typical, uh, Pacific Northwest sort of area. So I get hammered with rain, uh, yeah. all year long. So I knew that that would be a huge part of it. So, um, before I actually, um, you know, decided to take the, the full plunge into lawn care, I thought, you know, you know, I'm going to have to deal with rain. So I started actually mowing my own lawn in the rain and my neighbors would look at me like, well, you're nuts. It was 
a beautiful sunny day yesterday. You were out in the driveway, you know, doing whatever you're doing. And now today when it's pouring rain, you're mowing your lawn. Exactly. And it was like, and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm training myself to look, is this something I can handle? Is this something I can deal with? Because I'm going to have to deal with it. There is no um, excuses for rain days here where we live uh, because it's a major part of the year um and i know in warmer climates they can say you know it's a rain day we're not gonna mow lawns we'll wait for the end of the week but here that could be two weeks and that's a huge loss of income and that's uh you know uh, a lot of grass to cut all at once if you're waiting that long to do it um so it's funny uh when you talk about the passion and stuff uh where i uh you know that reminded me of that of sitting out there in the rain mowing my lawn with a residential like a mtd mower from uh, home depot and oh, yes. uh, going, <laughs> going through it and people looking at me like what are you doing oh yes Our, uh, i think that was my first lawnmower too was uh like a mtd brand i knew for sure it was from home depot and yeah. i i was at first using my parents honda mower that they had for over 20 years and then the coil went out on that. And instead of replacing that for 80 bucks, I thought, oh, I'll just go buy a brand new one for 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that thing didn't even last me a season. Those The rings on the pistons just went out so fast. It was just blowing smoke like crazy. So, yeah, that thing did oh, not I... last me really long at all. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, let me see here. Uh, so, what is a time in your business uh, that maybe you struggled um, and what did you do to overcome it, uh, or what did you learn from that situation? The, I think the biggest thing was probably my first year in business. And of course, I've learned over and over every single year new things, but I remember that probably the biggest awakening was my first year in business because at the time, uh, like I said, I was working nights cleaning floors. And then also, so I would basically work all day doing lawn care landscaping. And okay. then I would, at 8, 9 o'clock, I would head off to work to go clean nice, do flooring, and or clean floors. And I probably wouldn't get off anywhere from 5 to 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'd try to get about a couple hours of sleep and then, you know, go to work and go do some more line, uh, mowing and landscaping after that, too. And it, that really caught up to me. And so at the time, I was horrible at saving money. I was so bad at it. And basically the way that I got paid was I was working with this property maintenance company where they would rent out homes. And when the homeowner would leave, if the yard was a mess, they'd call me, say, hey, go clean it up. <clears throat> I'd go do it. I'd give them a bid. they say, that sounds good. And then sometimes I wouldn't get paid for two to five months. It just depends because they wouldn't pay me until the new renters would come in. Okay. So my cash flow was really bad. I did not – since I didn't have a steady income – so basically when I got to the winter time, I had absolutely no work. I was only working the night job and then I wound up losing that one. And so basically I went, you know, two, three months without uh, any work. I was about two, three months behind on paying rent, which luckily my landlord was one of my good friends. So he was very generous and saying, Hey, you know, we'll get caught up. Just I understand what you're going through. I was stuck in my house. I had no, I had no money to put gas into my truck to even go visit my parents, which was like 10 minutes away. Um, it was just, it was just horrible. And I knew at that moment that I need to figure out how to do your contracts because, okay. you know, that way you have a steady income coming in. Cause I knew I wasn't good at saving the money. The money I would get would either go strictly towards paying bills or just worthless stuff since I was so bad at it. And, um, that was, I always, I talked about this in my live video. That was by far the darkest part of my life. Uh, just because I was basically stuck there. I was contemplating, should I continue my business or not? I'm getting no phone calls at all. I have 
I owe a thousand dollars on my credit card. I have zero in the bank. You know, I, I just absolutely had nothing. And so it with a little bit of praying and um, listening some to some really good business advice from mm-hmm. uh, people I trusted, I got out of that slope and I said, okay, if we're going to continue this business, let's do it. And I got my first call and then I just worked from there. And it wasn't until later that year where I got my first commercial account and I had to sign a year contract. Well, the year contract wasn't really a contract. It was more like a list of, here, this is what we're going to do. That's it. And I didn't learn how to do contracts until I got my first condo associations. And then with that, I was able to get a steady income. So, yeah, by far that was the the biggest struggle was keeping that cash flow coming in to where I'm able to pay my bills and then have some in the bank where if there is a rainy day or something does happen, uh, it's not going to affect my business and put me out of business completely. Oh, okay. That makes uh, a total sense there. Um, so... I want to, uh, that kind of ties into the next, uh, uh, sort of section. I want to, uh, as I uh, previously talked about there before circling back and talking about those condo associations. So that sort of, uh, seems to be your, um, niche, uh, sort of thing there that you enjoy doing the most. Yes. Um, so tell us a bit about that. I know you spoke already about, uh, you know, being able to just deal with one, uh, person and, uh, you know, having that sort of thing. But, um, how did you first maybe go about getting those first, uh, um, condo associations? Um, what have you learned from them? Um, and maybe, uh, start with that. Yeah, of course. Um, well, there was a, by that time it was my second year business. Like I said, things were starting to pick up and, um, I, you know, I didn't have the night job. So landscaping was still, it wasn't keeping me busy full time. And that's when I, I thought my life was going good at the time. So I decided to, um, in, you know, ask my wife now to marry me, which she said, yes, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but she said yes. And so um, I started working doing roofing with her uncle. So I was doing roofing and landscaping at the same time because, like I said, it wasn't just as busy. So we were doing roofing at one of the condo associations. And so I was talking to the homeowner and they asked us, what what else do you guys do? And just kind of asked us questions. I said, oh, I also own a landscaping business. And they said, oh, really? They said, we're actually looking for possibly a new landscaper. Why don't you go talk to her homeowner and, you know, the, the main person, in the homeowner yep. association, they usually call it the landscape chairman. Why don't you go talk to them, and uh, that way you can get all the information that you need. So I said, okay, that sounds great. So I went and talked to them. I walked the property with them. They showed me what was needed to be done, and they also told me, oh, this condo association next door, which the the current lawn care guy takes care of, they're looking for a new one too. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. so I'll go talk to them. So I was able to talk to these two large condo associations and then working with these people because it was my first one. I didn't know how to do your contracts. They were large condo associations compared to what I was used to doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to work with them and luckily I was able to sign a contract with them. Um, so that's how I picked up those two large condos. And like in this one area, there's, there's five or six condos in this huge area that I currently have two in. And so uh, I'm trying to expand out to these other ones, but the other ones have been maintained by the same company for quite a few years. Like they're, they've been there for a long time. So it's kind of, it's a little bit trickier to get into there. Okay. Um, So, but by far the reason why I lock condo associations is because, um, you know, with residential yards, especially if you have a big setup, like I have a big truck and trailer and a lot of equipment. So if you're showing up at a job, by the time you, offload all your stuff, mow, and then upload it, and then go to the next one, you're spending a lot of time unloading, offloading, um, 
I think that was the same thing. And then, you know, the drive time as well. We're at a condo. Basically, we can park there and we're there almost all day. So we're not we're not spending all this time, you know, taking in and out equipment, uh, gassing up, drive time, driving all around town to these small little yards. We're basically mm-hmm. at one place all day. And it winds up it winds up being in one place about 30 yards. So it's like we basically have like a whole street in a sense. Yes, yes. Um, so that's one of the things I do like is that you're basically parked at one place. You're not having to drive around town. And so that's why I usually go out to condos. Okay. The do biggest, you take care of – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. The biggest downside about them though is since where I live, like I told you, it's, it's a retirement community. So these, these elderly people, they complain about every little thing. If you mess up on one thing, it, it, it's really bad. And yeah. I mean, my first two years in maintaining these people's yards, I had probably the worst anxiety that I had in my whole entire life because I'd be sitting there at night and I would get an email from them saying, hey, this person complained. You need to do this wrong or you, you, they didn't like this. And I would, I, you know, my first year, I got constantly these emails saying you need to do this or phone calls saying you messed up this, you messed up this. And the anxiety that I had was just so bad because I, every time I would get an email, it's like, oh, great. Am I going to lose it? Or what are they complaining about now? And so that's, that's one of the things, you know, I don't think all condo associations are like this, especially if you live in a more younger community where mm-hmm. the homeowners are usually gone. So they don't really care what the yard looks like, but yeah, these people basically, if their yard does not look five star, uh, they will complain. And trust okay. me, I get the weirdest complaints All right. <laughs> about every little thing. Like there's one person that complains that I'm weed whacking along the edge too thick. Like, <laughs> like it's just so bad or, um, they don't like the direction I mowed or I will, I will be in the middle of mowing a condo and I have even gotten to the other side of the street. And one of the homeowners would say, oh, you missed this spot over there. And I said, I haven't even gotten over there yet. Like they complain like that kind of stuff all the time. And they yeah, stop yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, if you're not good with dealing, you know, with that anxiety and stuff, you will overcome it. But it's it, it's really difficult at first um, just because, like I said, it's, it's just so stressful because you never know what they're going to complain about next. Like it can be yeah, perfect, yeah. but someone will find something. And uh, so it's – and that's where it kind of goes to the next thing where – it's hard to have employees because of that. You know, I, I, I'm so hard on my employees because I've worked so hard to get to where I'm at now. And I always tell them these people, if you don't do it perfect, they will complain and they complain to me and I get sick of hearing that. So I I make it very clear to my employees that if you mess up, I will let you know, like we'll work with you. But if you continue to mess up, then you can't stay here because I I don't want to risk losing, you know, these clients. And then also, me, you know, dealing with all the headaches because of all the mistakes they're making. So, <laughs> so great points there. Um, so with those, with those, uh, uh townhomes or uh, condo associations, uh, that's, um, uh, I started thinking of the, once you started describing some of those things, I started thinking like, Oh my goodness, like the things that people could possibly complain about. Do you ever get people asking you to mow different heights on their, like some people like it shorter or some people like it taller, uh, for those condo associations, or do you just do a, you know, everybody's getting the same cut uh, and the same direction or, or whatever. How do you uh, manage that? Yeah, that's, that's the difficult part because these people, you know, I think in one, you know, there's, there's 15 homes. So there's over 30 residents and usually it's a couple. So there's about 60 people in one condo association that I take care of. And of course, when they leave their house that they maintain the way they used to do it and they come to this condo, they want their yard to look exactly how the way they used to do it. And basically, 
it comes down to the way that we want to do it. If we want to mow it at a certain height or trim a bush a certain way or at a certain time, that's what we do. But yeah, we get those complaints all the time. Like we will trim one shrub like amazing. And one person will come out and say, Oh, I don't like it that long. I want you to grow it up a little bit higher. Like we get that all the time. So that's the problem. And so, um, yeah, to go back to your question. Yeah, we do have multiple people that ask, can you start mowing a little bit higher? Because that way the grass is green. And then we get people that say, can you mow it even lower? Because my dog likes, you know what I mean? It's their, their <laughs> dogs are basically their children. You don't mess with people's dogs in these condoms. No, no. <laughs> they will kill you if you mess. I mean, yeah. We will put out signs saying we're fertilizing. The same people every single year will ask us, "Oh, what are you spraying? What are you, you know, what are you using for fertilizer?" And will it hurt my dog? And I was telling them it's yeah, the same yeah. thing we do every single year, so it's fine, you know. And yeah, that's that's kind of a problem that we have. Um, but that's why um, the first year, you know, you try to make everyone happy, mm-hmm. and, you, and I'm still struggling with this because I try to make as much people happy as I can, but. I have to come to realize that not everyone's going to be happy. You know, some no. people want it done a certain way. Some people want it done another way. And so what we've done so, you know, to be very strict with is that uh, we have one person that we answer to, which is the landscaping chairman. And that's why yeah. it's always good to have that. And the homeowners are not allowed to come out and talk to us to ask us questions because they would do that. We would be mowing. We would get stopped four or five times in one day from different people asking us, oh, when are you guys going to trim this bush? Or when are you going to fertilize? Or when are you going to spray? And we get that Mm -hmm. all the time. So I would recommend trying to just be very strict in saying everything goes to the landscaping chairman and even tell the landscaping chairman you need to either send out emails or notices to everyone saying that they are not allowed to stop us. If they have any questions, they come to you. Yeah. Uh, And so that's the difficult part is trying to get people to come in there. And, of course, since it's an elderly community – they don't last too long, if you know what I mean. They they die <laughs> off pretty fast. So we get new faces almost every single year. They sell their houses. Yeah. And uh, and so just kind of keeping up on that has been pretty pretty uh, difficult as well because mm-hmm. you have to the new people will come out and start talking to us about how do you do this 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 and we have to tell them no you have to go to the landscape chairman so that gets pretty annoying so condo associations they're not for everyone if you can't handle the stress or dealing with multiple people though it should only be one person then i would try to stay away from them so oh okay that tip there though uh, of having um sort of a rule in place of having you know the the uh residents have to talk to that uh particularly uh, designated person is a uh nugget of gold for everybody out there listening something i wouldn't even have thought about uh, because i've never done uh uh townhomes or condo associations yes. um so it's uh that's a nugget right there uh, of gold for for you guys starting out thinking about it or thinking about doing it is to have that right from day one Uh, it makes so much sense the amount of time that could be wasted from people constantly coming out to talk to you and to ask you and i and i would imagine uh, asking you to do things uh uh, that aren't scheduled like can you just trim this tree today or do this and and that and you you kind of feel obliged to keep them happy and stuff but if there's a a uh, system or protocol in place that they have to go through, um, then, uh, you know, it makes, it it basically gets rid of all of that uh, sort of stuff. But like I said, I guess it's a constant challenge to always have to keep on top of it and make sure people uh, understand that, hey, you know, they might need a reminder that, uh, hey, don't, you know, talk to us. Because I'm sure that brings me up to my next point. Um, You know, how do you uh, balance 
the uh, business efficiency as far as mowing, and I'm thinking in particular in you know uh, certain direct mowing in certain directions and stuff that may be way more efficient uh, to. Uh, maybe those constant requests for uh, different directions, uh, you know, or doing things in a certain way or uh, that sort of thing. It must be challenging when there's so many different uh, uh, areas in such a big property. Yeah, it does get pretty, it, get, it does get pretty challenging. And, you know, that's why I'm constantly always looking at new equipment. How can we always be more efficient? And I'm really particular mm-hmm. with that. What I would do with these condos is that the first time I did it, at one, I think it took me at least eight hours, and now I can bust it out in four hours. Okay. And so basically what I would do is I would go in there and I would tie myself to see, okay, I'm going to try to go this way with either the weed whacking or the mowing and time it. Let's see how we do. And then the next week, because, you know, we mow it weekly, especially yeah. in the busy season, so you, you have time to do this, and we would test it out. Um, and so I would say, okay, that way was a little bit faster. Let's do this. So usually I try to come up with, uh, with testing different directions, testing different ways that we do things. I try to find the most efficient way. And then when we do where it makes sense and we see that we're saving a lot of time, then I turn that down to my employees and say, okay, this is the way we're going to do it and be strict and do it this way. And that's one problem I had with an employee about two years ago was the weed whacking at one of our condo associations should take no more than two, two and a half hours. It's, it's a lot of weed whacking with all the edging and blending and the way that I call it. And okay. what he was doing it was I told him, I said, there's a certain direction that you're supposed to do it. That way you're never backtracking. And that's the one mm-hmm. thing you want to make sure is that you're not backtracking. Well, he decided to start doing it his own way. And it was starting to take him almost five, six hours to do it. And so it's I had to be pretty strict on him about that because I told him, I said, there was a specific way I told you how to do this. So do that. Um, but, yeah, just being sure, like I said, just keeping track of your time and making sure there's a lot of apps out there where you can time yourself uh, that I use where, you know, you can see how long it took for mowing, how long it took for this and this. Um, but yeah, try to find the most efficient way. And then also, it also comes down to tools. What tools are you using and is the way that you're doing it in an efficient way? Uh, okay. for instance, for like weed whacking and edging, um, you know, the one product that I used to, I, I use the most and I've done a lot of videos is the Edger Pro because basically you can okay. edge and then you can also weed whack at the same time and it okay. eliminates the need of having a metal blade edger. Okay. And so when we first took over one condo, we would do all the weed whacking and then we would have to go back through and then do all the metal blade edging. Well, then once we got the Edge of Pro, we were able to incorporate that and eliminate the metal edge. So there was no going back to the truck, starting up that trimmer, walking back through the whole condo association another time, and then going back and then blowing it off. So we were able to do basically two steps into one. And we okay. cut our time down by like almost an hour or so. So, okay. um, so just finding stuff like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. And then one thing I wanted to bring up was where you're talking about uh, in the last subject that we were just talking about with having one landscaping chairman to go through. Uh, that was one that we had at one of the condo associations that we first took over. We actually lost our first year. And the reason okay. why we lost it was because there was the landscaping chairman and then there was the um, – actually, yeah. So there was the president of the condo and then the landscaping chairman and they were married. But what happened was there was this other couple – that were trying to act like the landscaping chairman. And so I was getting calls and emails from two separate people telling me to do Mm. two separate things. So one was telling me to do one thing or don't worry about this time. And the other one was saying, no, do it now. And that got so confusing where basically I had to get strict with them too and say, you need to tell them to stop me emailing me. There should only be one person I should be talking to. 
And what happened was they basically played this political thing where they got people to turn against me. They got the treasury to uh, not want to pay me and started playing these games where they actually wound up getting us kicked out of the condo association because of that, because we weren't listening to these one people rather than, you know, the main chairman. Yeah, yeah. So that goes to my point of be very strict with just saying, if there's one person to talk to, tell them you're the only person that should have my email and phone number. I should never be receiving any call, you know, email or call from anyone else. And that's one thing I would say be extremely strict about because these okay. people, if there's something that they don't like, they will get a hold of you and they will annoy you. <laughs> so that's, that's very stressful, but you've yeah. like, got to be very strict, but also respectful at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So do you, with these condo associations, um, what services do you provide for them? And is there something uh, that you will not provide as far as, uh, you know, green industry type stuff? Correct. In my, we sign, I usually try to do contracts with all my clients. If I don't get, if I don't sign a year, uh, one year contract with my clients, then we strict with, stick with weekly mowings. And I okay. don't do any two week mowings and stuff like that just because it completely throws our schedule off. Yeah. But I'm in my same. contracts, we try to include as much of the work as possible. So that includes the mowing, the weed whacking, the fertilizing, the spraying of weeds, uh, in either the beds or in the grass, the irrigation, um, spring checkup and then the fall uh, winterizing the leaf the fall pickup and the like we we try to include everything and the reason why i do that is because i like to have my yards look like perfect at all the time and if say if we didn't include fertilizing in with our contracts then that means i have to go to the client and say hey can we fertilize you know it's gonna and then you have to put a bid together and yeah. sometimes they don't get back to you really fast or it's too late. And, you know, for instance, like if it's the weeds, like, Hey, the weeds are starting to get pretty bad. Here's a bit to spray them. Okay. And then say if they don't get back to you for like another month or they just take their time and say, okay, now I want it. And now the weeds are even in a, you know, yep. a really bad situation. So we try to include everything, um, basically to keep the yards looking good. So like I said, just the, the basic mowing, we whacking stuff, the things that we do not include in our year contracts are things like, irrigation repair unless we damaged whatever's wrong with the irrigation so okay. irrigation repair uh, mulching aerating defatching pruning of trees over 15 feet so stuff like that where it would require a bid that is not something that you would do in a sense every single year it's every like two three years so stuff like that uh we try not to include that but eventually when we get our another big property where we can store mulch on it that's something that we would like to include uh, with our contracts is uh, mulching once a year because we can get it for a really low price okay. and then when it's a need to do it then we can do that to keep our yards looking you know fresh and uh, tip top and tip top yeah throughout the whole entire yeah. year so <laughs> sounds like you have um, obviously a lot of pride in your work um, I think you're kind of like me as well uh, I have a, a range of I don't do any commercial stuff anymore I have all I prefer individual residentials. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I have a mix of, uh, properties like I'm sure everybody else does. Yes. And some of them are, um, I call them just utility cuts because, you know, the grass is, uh, out growing basically into the street. There's no curbing or anything. Uh, there's weeds everywhere, uh, holes everywhere. Uh, so I just call them, you know, utility cuts. And then there's the, the really nice ones. And, and, uh, you know, I think you're probably the same where 
for uh, given the choice. The really nice ones are the ones I enjoy going to, the ones where I get to edge and leave the stripes, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm constantly taking photos of the same house over and over again each week because it's it just so much pride exactly. uh, when you leave that and it looks fantastic and you know it's, uh, you know, the nicest one on the street. Uh, so it sounds like you're probably about the same. And these, uh, uh, so the amount of work I can imagine that these town home or condo associations would work uh, just by the scope of the size of them. Uh, it must be quite the challenge to keep, uh, you know, uh, not only them happy, but keep uh, yourself happy, maintaining uh, the standards that it seems that you, the high standards that it seems that you have. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. Like I said, when you have 60 people out there with magnifying glasses looking at every little spec or every little piece of work that you do, it's, it's really difficult. And, um, mm -hmm. and like you said, I, I take a lot of pride in my work and that's what we're known for. And it's the same with my YouTube videos as well. I, there's some videos I, that I don't have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel compared to a lot of guys. Because mm -hmm. I told my wife in the very beginning, I would rather have a hundred high quality videos than two, three hundred, just like throw something together and throw it out there. I, I don't like mm -hmm. that because that's just yeah, not yeah, who yeah. I am. And, uh, but yeah, it, it does take quite a long time to, get these things looking tip top shape. And then to like what you said, how you focus more residential, the commercial. And it's, it's always good to have a variety of commercial condo and residential. Mm -hmm. Like they always say, don't put your eggs in one basket. Yeah. So it's always nice to have all that. And there's pros and cons to every single one. The biggest one I probably have with commercial accounts, depending on which ones is that usually corporate, if you're, you know, like one of the biggest ones we take care of, or one of the ones that we've been taking care of the longest is discount tire. Well, okay. the problem with them with corporate is that they're so stingy with the landscaping work. It's so hard to get stuff done. Like, for instance, the mulching. Like, we want to say, hey, we want to mulch this year. We haven't done it for over three years. And discount is right on the main strip. It's right yeah. straight in my town. So people pass it. The main people pass it every day. And that's where that's how we got big out there, too. Um, but, yeah, that's the problem with commercial people is that they're on such a tight budget with stuff. That you can't really, where in residential, you can say, hey, to mulch, it's going to cost this much. And they're like, oh, that's pretty good. Where in commercial, it's like, oh, that's a little too high. It, can you cut corner somewhere? And we yeah, yeah, yeah. so many times that happened. It drives you nuts. <laughs> yeah, that happened five years ago where Discount Tire, they actually came to me and said, hey, we're trying to cut, you know, cut money down. So this guy came out and he says, if you don't weed whack this one section over here all year, how much would that save us a year? I'm like. I'm not going to cut the price because that's included because if I let that go, that's going to look really bad. And if it's on the main street, it's, you know, that's going to make my company, anything that makes my company's image look bad, we don't mm -hmm. take care of. Yeah. And that's why with residential jobs, I, I have a strict list of yards that we'll take care of. If it doesn't have an irrigation system, if they don't want weekly mowing, uh, you know, if they don't want mulching at least twice a year, like I'm really strict. If, if your yard, if you don't want your yard to look, top notch, you know, or tip top all year round, then we just can't take it because if someone drives past that yard, sees my trailer there and then sees this yard is really bad, then that's an image that says, oh, it doesn't look like they don't do that really high quality stuff. So I'm really particular mm -hmm. with what clients I even take on as well or what yards because mm -hmm. that really can ruin your uh, your reputation or your image of your company too. 
Mm -hmm. That's uh, totally, that's funny. You're, uh, I was talking in one of the last interviews um, about the same thing with me um, that uh, we're sort of almost on the exact same page there. Uh, I talked about um, how, especially with lawn renos, I call them, where I'm power raking and then aerating and uh, overseeding and uh, top dressing and fertilizing, liming, doing like the whole, basically, uh, you know, growing somebody a whole new lawn. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll go through all these steps of what's required. I've been doing this uh, for 12 years, uh, doing probably, you know, in the range of maybe maybe 20 of them uh, a spring mm -hmm. um, and getting fantastic results. It's almost down to a science um, getting them right. And I'll be quoting these people and they'll be like, well, how much is it if we don't do this part or, you know, if we leave this out and I, and I explain, well, then I'm not the guy for you because if I leave that out, I said, those machines, the power rake, the aerators, they make a lot of noise and, and the job is a big job. I'll be here for a while. Um, and you know, your neighbors are going to hear those, those machines. They're going to look out their window and they're going to see that truck and trailer right there parked, you know, in front of your house. Exactly. And then they're going to see, you know, at the end of the day, how I've completely torn up your lawn and, you know, in a month or two, if we don't go through all the steps that I can ensure that will guarantee the success because you don't want, you know, you want to cut a corner here and there, we're not going to get the result that I know you can get. And those neighbors, all they're going to remember is the trailer that was parked here doing it and that the lawn still looks terrible. Exactly. And, and guess who they're not hiring? <laughs> exactly. They're not going to know that you're the one that didn't want to, uh, you know, do that. They're just going to know that I came made this huge mess and it never recovered. So, you know, if that's what you want, you know, I can understand if it doesn't fit your budget, but then I'm not the guy for you. You're going to have to find somebody else to do it. I'll only do it if it encompasses the whole project, because then I can guarantee that I can walk away and know that I know what it's going to look like. Exactly. Um, so that's funny that, uh, you know, seem to be very much on the same page. It's so, and it's so difficult when you're starting out your business to, uh, you know, take on those clients because you need the work you're trying to start out. Um, but as you get established, you become way more picky over the, as the years go on. Um, one of the biggest, uh, pet peeves I have now, you may be similar. I'm not sure is dog waste. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> when I first started, I, would, you know, just mow over it and stuff because I didn't want to turn down the clients. And then it just became my biggest pet peeve. Mm -hmm. It would get everywhere. I'd be driving the truck and I could smell it on my boots and oh, stuff. Yeah. And I just became like zero tolerance. And at first, I, you know, it was like, I don't want to you know, turn the customers off. But here's, here's the thing. I'm going to have to charge. I would send out a letter and say, here, I'm going to charge you guys for uh, dog waste, animal waste. Now it has to be cleaned up prior to us showing up to mow your lawn. And if not, you get charged such and such like a flat, a flat fee. And it wasn't a big deal, but it was just more of a deterrent. It was, I'd always say, right. I don't want, I don't want to pick it up and I don't want you to pay me to pick it up. I just want you to deal with it. So I don't have to, Exactly. Uh, but I had one guy that just wouldn't listen. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, change it to, I'm going to have to charge you per pile yep. because <laughs> it's getting crazy. Right. And he wouldn't care. And it was like literally a $30 cut. And I was charging him $50 a week in poo pickup. Oh gosh. And then the $30 mo after that. And he was fine with it. Cause he didn't want to do it himself. And I was like, ah, oh, but this sucks. Cause this is not what I, I didn't want to <laughs> you know, spend all this time picking up a uh, uh, thing, but you know, so it's difficult for people to, 
turn down work when they're starting out, but it does get better as you get more established and you'll start to find yourself doing that for the guys that are listening that uh, are just starting out thinking, you know, how am I going to, you know, do that? That seems impossible starting out when you've got no work. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And then see, that's a service. And that's one thing I was going to be doing in one of my videos soon, because a lot of guys are asking me, you know, how do you do your contracts? And like, they want me to post a video. And in one of my videos I did uh, not too long ago, I think about a year ago, I didn't mention this, but I mean, that's a service that you can provide is picking up too. That's not, it's not every landscaper's dream, but it is a way to make some extra income. And that's just one way that you can start doing it where if the homeowners don't want to do it, and you don't want to, you know, step in it because, like, since we have enclosed trailers, the smell stays in the trailer. Where if you yeah. have an open one, you don't have to deal with that. But, yeah, I mean, you can make a negative and turn it into a positive and try to make that into, like, oh, we can, you know, pick up the pool at the same time. It's just going to be this much a month or whatever you think of. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely one way, too, of uh, making a little bit of yeah. income as well. Not the – it's kind of a crappy job, but it's not – Yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> so. I remember telling one client I was weed whacking. Her lawn was pretty tall oh, and yeah. I didn't see and I hit it. And I went to the side of the house and I had her hose spigot and I was trying to clean off. And she comes around the corner. She's like, what's going on? I heard the water running. I said, I literally just learned what shit hits a fan means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and she's like, oh, did I miss one? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I had my, my best friend. He was, uh, you know, we get moles around here or voles or whatever you call them. Yeah. And uh, every time we would see them, we would always try to kill them because they make such a mess. They put the piles of dirt in the ground or – uh, they just make these tunnels and everything. So there was one time he was chasing after one with the weed whacker and he went to go get it and it just sprayed blood and guts all over him. And oh. It was just so disgusting. So I usually kick him. If I if I can't get the weed whacker, then I try to. But yeah, that was a that was a fun day that he did that. <laughs> so. Oh, nasty. <laughs> so with these uh, condo associations, you've been doing them for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to uh, decide you wanted to do some more of them, you wanted to add to them, um, from what you've learned from doing them, how mm-hmm. would you first approach these or look for condos to add to your uh, you know, a list of clients? What would you uh, uh, suggest to people that wanted to get into doing that? Yeah, it's it's the same as if you're going into commercial, which is go to the person in charge, which is the landscaping mm-hmm. chairman. So either it's whether knocking up on a door. Luckily, in that large condo I told you about, one of the guys that worked for that other company quit. And so he was able to tell me he drove through because he left the company with on really bad terms because of what happened with him and the guy. So he's just telling me he's, you know, he had this like, I'm going after this company, which I don't usually tend to do. I don't like putting a target on my back. But he was able to tell me, hey, at this condo association, the landscape chairman's this. If you're interested, this. If you know, what I mean. So yeah. basically, yeah, find out who uh, who's in charge, and then just go knock on the door and just introduce yourself and just say, hey, whether if you're uh, looking for a landscape or not, can I please submit a bid? And that's probably one of the biggest things I would recommend is that even if they say no, just ask them, can I at least send a bid that way you can have it on hand just in case something happens to your current landscaper. That happened with one of these large condos that we take care of here in town where um, one of the residents came over and at, when we were at Discount Tire and said, hey, I, you know, you guys do great work. I think they're looking for a new landscaper. Why don't you go over there and you know, give them, ask them. So yeah. I went in and I talked to the landscaping chairman or the property manager and she was not the nicest lady. She loves me <laughs> now and I love her. Yeah. Um, 
But I basically went in there. I said, hey, I heard you guys were possibly looking for a new landscaper. Is it possible that we can submit a bid? And she says, well, right now we're not really looking for a landscaper, but we will take a bid if you want to. And I said, okay, that sounds great. So I did. I gave her my email, my phone, and I sent the bid off to her. About like maybe four or five months later, we get a call out of nowhere. And she says, hey, our landscaper just called us this morning. And he says he's quitting. Like he's done today. We need a landscaper ASAP. Because this was like uh-huh. springtime. She yeah. says, if you come down right now, we will sign the contract with you. And I did. And I, I went down there, signed the contract, and we've been maintaining that place for over three now, three years now. And uh, we, me and the property manager, like we all get along very well, and they absolutely love me, and I, I love maintaining the property. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just going in there and just asking, can I at least try to submit a bid uh, somewhere and kind of tell them a little bit about your company? Like I said, if they say no to a bid, just say – this is one thing that the one client or this one uh, guy in my local area that was really big, he says, don't ask them a yes or no question as of can I send you a bid, yes or no. He says what you should do is, oh, where can I send the bid? Because then they can't say, no, we don't want a bid. They say, oh, uh, just send it here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I've been learning in one of, from one of my mentors is never ask for that yes or no questions ask basically where can i submit a bid so that way you guys can have it on hand rather than can i please submit a bid and then they could just say no to your face mm-hmm. so that's one that's... way yeah to get into these condos uh another thing i would say is because all the condos are tied together <coughs> uh these people like to walk around and walk their dogs okay so i would recommend waving and saying hi to any everyone that passes by because mm-hmm. you never know which one of those people is that landscaping chairman. And if you either get – if they wave to you and you completely ignore them, then right there you don't score points. Where if you yep. wave to them every single time and then one day you go and knock on their door, they're going to say, hey, I remember you. You you take care of that place. You always wave to me. You know, I've, I've had yep. that happen a couple of times. Yep. So be nice to everyone as – sometimes it's tough. But wave yeah, yeah. and uh, just be as polite to as many people as you can and look professional at all times because – you never know when that chairman's going to come up to you and say, hey, we finally want a bid from you, you know? So Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. I did an episode uh, of the podcast where I talked about uh, putting on that happy face all the time <laughs> when hard. you're and, – and never talk to customers about uh, depressing things or problems that you're having or things like that because nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be around uh, people like that. But if you're happy and go lucky and, and making jokes and friendly and approachable, people will naturally gravitate to that. The other tip that I always give people too is if you're, you know, trimming or mowing a lawn and there's people walking down the sidewalk near you and little Mm -hmm. kids and stuff, I always turn the blades off. I always stop the trimmer and let them go by. If there's kids, I always wave at the kids and smile and stuff. I've even thought, and I've never done this, but it's something I've always thought was uh, having uh, uh, custom made balloons with my company logo in the back of my truck. And every time I would see a kid to pull a balloon out and give it to them, cause then they'd be walking down the street with a balloon with my logo and phone number on it. Exactly. And, and just the, just out of the box ideas I'm always coming up with. It's one thing I haven't ever gone through with, but something I thought that'd be, you know, the, the impact that that would make on that kid's parents yes. that you're, you know, you stop, you wave, you're friendly and all that sort of stuff. And you go, Hey, wait a minute. Can you have a balloon? And, you pull out a balloon with your company colors and logo on it. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend if you have a van, don't do that. <laughs> and don't yeah, yeah. give candy. Yeah. <laughs> you, have be so, you have to be so careful with that stuff. Like it's such good yeah, ideas, yeah, but 
I know the way things are nowadays. Like I know it's crazy. Like if, if and that's I, and that's probably why I never went through with it. But I thought you know, in the perfect world, or uh, you know, uh, it would be a, a neat uh, thing to try or something similar. One thing I you know one thing I have noticed is uh, when I go to my pesticide classes uh, once a year, one of these you know. Almost every person that goes there either has its own company or works for a company that is there to get the recertification kind of thing. Yep. And this one company had a great idea. He parked in the very front by the building where everyone walks to, and he hung flyers on the outside of his truck and mm. with a big sign that says, we are hiring, take an application or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that you can do too is where you can like at least have them outside so people see it, it attracts them and then you can put a sign that says take a free balloon or you're welcome you know and yeah, uh, yeah. so that's one way too because like i said if you're inviting kids over to your yeah, home, yeah yeah you could that could come yeah, off yeah. really you know i mean really bad yeah. well i meant more i meant more when they're like walking with their parents by yeah, right correct. and you stop them over and then uh, and then you ask the parents can they have a balloon sort of thing right but no exactly. of course not you wouldn't you wouldn't want to go up to some random kids playing on the street and offer them balloons that's that yeah, would that's not end well thing. That's, yeah. that's not good that's not a good image for your company no, so. no. <laughs> but you can work off of good ideas like that i always try yeah. to do that too and i mean that's the thing i always try to do is um what can i do to stand out for my company and you know one of my mm-hmm. mentors that i listen to that he has a really good business and a good reputation he says you know just keeping with the basics in your company he says usually people think you have to do this big wow extreme something big to get noticed but he said sometimes just doing the basic stuff, and I noticed that on YouTube, it's not – you can have the highest quality stuff, content, and everything. But as long as you're consistent with posting your videos, that's where you're going to get big. Uh, you know, with me, I, I'll, I'll get consistent. Like recently, I've been consistent with posting a lot of videos. But once midsummer hits, I get so busy, and it does take a lot of time to set up the camera, get it all recorded, and mm-hmm. keep moving around. It takes so much time. Uh, out of your day that that's why sometimes I usually lack that in the summertime. Um, but you know, if, as long as you're consistent with that stuff and just sticking with the basics, you'll do pretty well. So yeah, another, uh, another easy idea I've had for, uh, uh, guys that, um, you know, maybe don't work all year round that they're seasonal and, you know, they have the winters off, um, where, you know, and then you hear guys saying, you know, I got to get into shape. I've been, you know, all winter sort of sitting around. Well, why not kill two birds with one stone? And, uh, you know, you're not using your truck and your, your trailer and it's got all this beautiful, uh, signage and stuff on it. So why not, you know, in your own little neighborhood where you might be, uh, you know, a couple streets buried in from the main road, take your truck and trailer every morning in the winter time when you're not using it. Mm-hmm. and park it up by the main street and then walk home and there you're getting some exercise at the end of the day you walk back out to your truck a few blocks go pick it up but all that traffic every day all winter long even uh you know just seeing your company name there over and over again is just an easy simple marketing thing that you could do that doesn't cost any money exactly. uh, as long as you're not uh you know meter parking or anything exactly. yes. um but you know off of a main road where the trailer is visible uh you're getting some exercise going back and forth and uh you know you're not using the truck and trailer anyways it's an easy way a simple thing to do <coughs> even if you only maybe do it on the weekends uh one of the things i used to do was similar to that was um 
park my truck and trailer uh, at the Home Depot Garden Center oh, uh, right outside because they, they would have the outside sort of entrance open in the summer times and spring times, right? And uh, so I'd have it there and put some uh, business card magnets on the trailer that people can take and uh, you just have it parked there. I, my wife would follow me out, get in the car, go back home and a couple hours later go back and pick up the truck. And yeah. It was just an easy way for advertising for people coming out of the garden center, maybe second guessing uh, planting the tree that they're trying to you know, pull out or or whatever that they're doing there exactly um, yeah that's that's a that's a good thing and see that's the reason why the uh the, i take care of three large commercial accounts right in my main town and it's right on the main strip so yeah. that's how i've gotten pretty well known around here as well is because since i had this huge trailer with my big logo and yeah. i park right up on the hill right on main street like i get people all the time it's funny because see since a lot of my jobs are in town i'm driving through the main street of in town every single day so mm-hmm. I get people all the time that say, oh, I see you all over the place, but it's only because yeah. I'm driving through the main town yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gets out there so fast. So if you can try to, like you said, try to go through the main town where you get the most recognition you know, yeah. from people, at least that will get your name out there and people know the name. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an, an, actually another strategy I've done in the winter um, is just take my truck and trailer, even though I'm not working, say, on a particular day uh, and around lunchtime when people are out and about and going for lunch and stuff like that, I'll drive my truck through different streets um, and just drive around the main roads of the little town that I'm in and just be visible and just keep showing that that trailer is going through the neighborhood and keep uh, your logo and name fresh in, in everybody's uh, minds. And sometimes I'll just circle the, the neighborhood, you know, five, six times, exactly. um, but it's just getting the name out there. Right. Yeah. One thing that I noticed some landscaper did a couple years ago, because I, I found them a couple on my places where he took a business card, he placed it in a little small little black bag and then put a rock in there and then okay. he basically threw them out on people's driveways because since yeah. the rock was in there it wouldn't blow away. Okay. I, I, sh- I found them a couple on, uh, on a couple of my uh, clients and I was like that's a pretty good idea. I haven't done it since but I thought that was a pretty creative. So just doing stuff like that like you said cuz you can easily just throw those out like newspaper. And they're yep. going to eventually go out there and, you know, find it. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great, great, another great tip. I've, I've seen that one uh, as well before. Um, so let's get into uh, your uh, social media stuff. So as of this morning, uh, 7,932 subscribers to your YouTube channel. 600 or 6,993 Instagram followers. Um, so how did that all come about? Um, what made you want to create videos, uh, and share on social media? And, and by the way, your videos are, um, top notch. They're fantastic. The editing, they look like they're, uh, professional corporate videos, um, you. with your, uh, with your logos and all the, um, you know, uh, the wording and, and text and stuff that you put the overlays and things, uh, they look fantastic. And Thank you've you. gone into, um, uh, reviews as well of equipment. Um, and those again, fantastic. Um, so what got you into doing uh, that to start? You know, my, my wife really forced me to do it. I didn't really okay. want to do that. I was ne- I'm never comfortable being in front of a camera. I I enjoy being behind the camera and recording the stuff. Uh, but at the time, my wife does a lot of that research. She says, "Hey, YouTube's getting really big, and you can also get paid from it." Because we were trying mm-hmm. to look for other streams of income. Yeah. And uh, so she come she came up with the idea. Why don't you do that? She already had a camera. She had a Canon 60D. The only thing about that though is that they don't have the autofocus. Um, And so she came up with that and I said, okay, fine. So I went out, my first video I recorded was um, 
<clears throat> it was Moss Out, the liquid versus the granules. Okay. And I recorded it, and I looked at it. I was like, this is stupid. And, you know, I think anyone that has – because my brother just started a YouTube channel because I forced him to. And my okay. dad was trying to start one. And the problem that people get so hung up with is their first video because they want this mm-hmm. first video to be this, like, Emmy award-winning kind of quality <laughs> stuff. And yeah. it's like that's just not how you start out. People want to see how you went from this – like, you look at the video. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, who watched that? And then, like, you look at it now. Like, if you look at my first video compared to my newer videos, like, it's almost night and day. So, mm-hmm. basically, my wife uploaded the video without me knowing and I was like, oh, great. People are going to see this. And then it was the second one that she uploaded without me knowing. And she kind of got kind of got the ball rolling. And then I just slowly started kind of getting used to it and doing this, 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 you know. And uh, that's basically how YouTube came about and uh, just putting a little bit more time. And like I said, I, I like high-quality stuff because I yeah. – I'm I'm more of a professionalist. I like okay. my stuff to look quality. I have tons of videos that I've never used, but if they if there was a small little movement or I didn't like it, I just don't use it. <laughs> and so I was just trying to find ways to be different on YouTube, and that's why I came up with my slogan "Always Original." Because okay, I wanted yeah. to be different. I I try to be different from other YouTubers, uh, you know, even in the long care, because you want to try to stand out in some ways. And usually, what people tend to do is they try to tend to do what other the YouTube the, the bigger guys do, uh, and they think that if I follow what they did, it'll it'll get me big. But it's like no, it's coming out with your own creative way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get big on YouTube. Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, but just you know, just coming up with new ideas like right now. I'm at this – like every single year, I try to do something new with my videos. Like if you look at my 2015 videos, my intros and the way I did my music, and then in 2016, we completely changed it up. We did even cooler looking intros, different types yeah. of mu- music, different types of editing, new cameras, new shots with our camera slider or tripods, just whatever we do. And now I'm at this moment right now where, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of even creative ways to kind of stand mm-hmm. out even more and kind of push myself because – I'm kind of getting into this videography stuff and there's possibly another business I'm possibly looking at pursuing, not really mm-hmm. photography, but videography. Yeah. And so that's what I've been doing. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love YouTube. I only did it because, <clears throat> you know, it was a way to get some videos up there. Mostly it was to really help other YouTubers or our landscapers. Yeah. You know, I remember starting out my company, you know, but no one was there to help me. I had to figure everything out myself. So it's like, cool, yeah. if I can put some videos out there, to help some guys that are just starting out their companies uh, with a couple tricks that I've learned to kind of move you faster than I'm doing my part in helping you out, but also putting some high quality content out there as well. <clears throat> but, you know, that's basically it. And then the same thing with Instagram, it uh, just started out with a few photos and um, it took a little bit to kind of get going. And that's basically how, you know, that just kind of grew from there, just putting high quality pictures out. I don't like just posting anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept it strictly business. My wife in the beginning was says, why don't you post some personal photos of you and me? And I said, no, I want to keep it strictly business. And I would highly yeah. recommend that you just keep it business. And then if you want to have your own separate personal account. Yes. Um, yes. One of the downfalls about being on social media and doing that is I get calls constantly. Uh, yeah. calls. <laughs> the emails, I don't mind. The calls are extremely annoying because some guys, yes. the questions they, that they ask, I don't pick up. And that's yeah. that's one of the biggest downfalls is that when I get phone calls, I don't know if it's someone from YouTube or if it's someone uh, in regards to a commercial business. 
yeah, or wanting business done to be done. So a lot of the times I let my phone go to voicemail, and then I listen to who it is if they do leave a voicemail. But that's one thing I noticed is that it's kind of affected my business in that way <clears throat> because I can't pick up my phone. I don't know if it is. What yeah. I've been doing recently now, I don't try to be mean, but if someone calls me, I just hang up on them, and then I block their okay. number so they can't call me or text me. Yes, it's yes. nothing personal, but I. You know, it's like my number is not on YouTube for you guys to call me. If you guys have a question, that's why we're starting to do the live video or that's why you can leave a yep. comment or even send me an email. And if I have time, I'll get back to you. But don't call yep. me because you're not going to yeah, get a yeah. call back, you know? Yeah. No, I'm the same. I, uh, uh, you know, I obviously probably uh, don't get uh, nowhere near the amount of calls that you do. But some days, um, you know, I can have five calls coming in and it's and they're all from, um, you know, either U.S. Um, area codes. And it's like I can't answer like I work in this little area. If your phone number does not have the area code for where I'm from, I'm not answering. Same, yeah, um, exactly. And and I just add it to my blocked uh caller list. I've got uh two uh so far two uh, contacts set up on my iPhone just calling just I just call telemarketing spam and they've got zero <laughs> ringtone and zero vibration alert. Nice. And uh mm. I just add the phone number and there's got to be hundreds. I show people and they're like that is insane. Like mm. you should uh, um, put those together and sell them as a contact list that exactly. people can add to their phones so that they don't get bothered by these uh, these telemarketers and stuff. It's insane the amount of calls that come in uh, at times. And it started before I even did the <coughs> podcast and stuff. Just, I think, having the the website uh, for the company with a phone number on online, uh, it started uh, with that. Um, now... With your uh, YouTube channel, you mentioned the, mm. that uh, sometimes before when before we did our actual recording in the pre-recording uh, chat, you talked about um, you know how usually it's one video uh, that sort of sets off your channel and stuff. And yours was uh, the uh, trailer setup, uh, enclosed trailer setup video that you did that actually landed you uh, in an article in the Green Industry Pros magazine. So tell us how that came mm. about and. Mm. Uh, uh, that a bit about uh, that uh, scenario. Yeah, uh, like I said, it was the same thing. And when I was first starting out, I was trying to just do certain videos, like okay, just trying to get out there. And so I was noticing that a lot of guys were doing the trailer setup, and they were doing pretty well. So I thought, okay, I'll do the same thing. So I did my one, and I'm looking at it right now, and it has you know 74,000 views, which is pretty good because. You know, a lot of guys do trailers. There's a lot of trailer setup videos. And so that's why yeah. I do one every single year because the, the setups change every single year, either new equipment. Like this whole next year, we have we already have new truck. We have a different trailer. We have, the you know, the Chevy. Now we have the dump trailer. Yeah. Uh, we're switching completely over to Walker mowers. I had that one, and I'm saying nice. my hustler. Yeah, I love Walker now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then basically, I think my, like I said, my wife, she's the one behind the scenes. I the, I'm the one that puts all the information out, but she's the one that's kind of, you know, running the gears behind everything. Okay, cool. So she was the one that actually reached out to the green industry and said, Hey, check out our YouTube. We do this. We have this trailer. And so they contacted me and said, we would love to do an article about your trailer. And uh, I believe I had the link in the video. If you guys want to go check that out. <laughs> but, yeah. That was my first video, or that was my first newspaper article I was uh, I ever got into, and it was really exciting. Uh, and then it just kind of goes over, you know, the kind of equipment we use and what we use to set it up, and it goes even further in depth in the video. Uh, so that's how we basically got into Green Industry Pros, and then that's how that one video got pretty big. Surprisingly, the the number one video on my YouTube is my DIY striping kit, which is a little okay. homemade striping kit because you know striping in my area is not big. But it was 
another thing I was trying to find to make our company u- unique and stand, stand out from out. other companies. Because yeah. a lot of the guys, they just mow and then go, where we yeah. want to make really straight lines, make it stand out. And like I said, I if I don't leave a job and if it doesn't look like a golf course, I, I get really discouraged and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that video has 159,000 views, which I, <laughs> I didn't think it would get that much. I was so surprised and I can't believe that actually wound up being my number one video. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I was going to ask you if you had any downsides from sharing, but I guess uh, you covered that with all the, the uh, additional phone calls and stuff that you're getting from uh, uh, people just trying to ask you uh, some questions and not knowing whether they're uh, business related or, or that. And I've, I noticed as well that you've uh, with your uh, uh, review videos, they're so well done, so professionally done. Like I said, they remind me totally of, uh, um, you know, uh, professionally done corporate uh, videos. Uh, so you must have uh, or uh, have had uh, companies uh, starting to contact you to uh, maybe have you try out some of their equipment and stuff on your channel. Correct. Yeah. The biggest one that I really enjoyed working with was Echo. And I actually just called them today because I'm not sure if they're doing the Echo Ambassador program anymore. Okay. Uh, so that was really, I mean, there's, it's, it's really cool to, you know, use the echo equipment, but not only to have the company send you it and say, Hey, do it ready for us. Cause we like your stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty awesome. And so, yeah, we worked with echo, uh, RZ industry, which is the RZ mask, which I believe you've done for, yep. that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And the straps, I love their straps. Um, we are now with, uh, Milwaukee tools just sent us their battery operated blower, trimmer and oh, nice. weed whacker. So Sweet. we're going to be doing that. Sure can, uh, you know, the gas cans, yep. those are pretty big. I think, did you get those ones? Yeah, there? I did that okay, one too. Cool. Yep. <laughs> and so yep. I, I just had another little company reach out yesterday. Uh, just something really small. So we're working with them. And so, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And, it's it's a good feeling to have the companies reach out to me. I've mm-hmm. tried to reach out to companies, and sometimes I don't like doing that because so – I, I mean I would rather prefer them come to me because if they're coming to me, it's because they see that I have good quality content and they want me yes. to work with them. And so yes, that makes yes. me feel better. So I don't usually like to tend to go after companies just because – um, if they like my content, they'll call me cause they know that I can yeah. add a lot of value. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love doing the product reviews. Cause like I said, I love doing the videography and trying to come up with creative stuff <clears throat> rather mm-hmm. than just, Hey, here's the, here's the, you know, I have seen videos where, and it's, it's nothing to them. It's no problem at all where they just show the, the camera, you know, the product and then they just talk about it. So yeah, me, yeah. I try to find, okay, how can I make my stuff even pop even more? And not only that, make this company happy. That way they're like, hey, we don't mind sending you more products in the future. And that's where like Echo was. They told me, they said, we absolutely love your videos and we want you to, you know, continue to do more and more products. And I was able to get, um, you know, a, a hedge trimmer from them, the brand new uh, weed whacker, uh, the bed redefiner, which was a tool I've been wanting to get for so long, <laughs> which I still need to <laughs> review on. Yeah. Uh, just recently it's been pretty hectic, so I haven't had time to do that because it's not necessarily – set up a camera, talk about the product and then take it down. Like, um, I put a lot of time, I think I put more time in those videos than any other videos that I do. Yes. Um, I think, uh, let's see just the, um, the heads trimmer video that I did for echo, the HC 2420 with recording, editing, uh, and then just everything else that goes behind the scenes. I probably put at least over 20 hours into that video. Mm. And a lot of people, it's funny because I get a lot of guys asking me, how do you get free echo equipment it's like it's not free because i yeah. have to put my time into yeah. doing you're the working videos. for it yeah, yeah exactly it's like it's not just get, it's given to me for free in a sense 
but Echo's getting something out of it. If they were just sending it to me like, hey, here's a blower, have fun. Like that's different. Yeah, yeah. Like, for me to exchange a video and then see the amount of time that goes in there. Because <clears throat> yes. I try to get as much creative shots to really uh, show what the tool, how the tool actually works. And then really go into depth of these are the little things that kind of get annoying or things that you may not think. You know, like a, like a hitch trimmer, you can sit there and say, oh, you know, it cuts nice. It's not that heavy and it's good. But I try to yeah. go into like, this is one thing I found really annoying. It's just something small, but those small things tend to add up over time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I, like I said, anyways, to summarize, <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. I, no, that's yeah, right. I love doing the video stuff, especially the, the product reviews. That's yes. kind of, yeah. when I started my channel, I, I knew I would eventually make a little bit of money from YouTube, but yeah. I told my wife, I said, I never knew that companies would be reaching out to me to do product reviews <coughs> on them. Yes. And so <clears throat> any of you guys that are thinking about starting a YouTube channel, uh, get on it now because I was watching a video that they're saying within the next, you know, four to five years, YouTube is just going to blow up and it's not yeah, too yeah. late to start a channel. Now no. the long the long care and landscaping industry is starting on YouTube is starting to get a little crowded. It's starting to get a little bit more people. So find a creative way to make your stuff stand out. Yeah. Um, and you know, getting shout outs from me and stuff, that stuff's not going to help. You know, you kind of have yeah. to build your own things. And mm -hmm. that's, that's another thing <laughs> that I get. Uh, quite a bit too is guys asking me for shout outs and stuff and it's like you know you gotta you gotta create your own stuff i can't just give you a shout out because that's happened in the past where I, i've helped guys out and then they just stop with their youtube channel yeah yeah so it's like yeah yeah if, if you want me to do that you first have to prove to me that for one you have clean quality content out there yeah and then um and then that you're consistent with it and then maybe we'll look at adding you to our YouTube partners or, or anything like that, you know? So, mm -hmm. no, that totally makes sense. I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, in that same respect. I don't know. Uh, I'm obviously small potatoes compared to you uh, in the respect of doing uh, reviews and stuff. And I'm not at the mm -hmm. point yet. Well, where companies are contacting me yet actually they have started um but it stemmed from me taking the first step correct and going okay uh you know i want to do reviews right um and uh so i reached out to the first bunch of companies um that i did and i got a lot you know you get uh, uh some no's I, I was actually pretty lucky that the first few uh weren't because it would probably be pretty discouraging um but now i'm at the point where i'll reach out to a company and if they say no or thing then i just in my head i'm so stubborn and bullheaded that i just go oh they just they just don't get it yeah um you know like i see the potential for this and i try to if i'm doing a review you know, obviously it's going to be an honest review, exactly. but to give them so much more added value, um, you know, you've got your huge following, you've got, uh, the polished videos and stuff. And I try to do that. And it's probably why I don't have as many, uh, nor near as many videos on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm only just starting out really, I'm still pretty shy behind the camera and stuff, but I'm like you in the respect that I love the editing and, and doing it. And it's so much work that it's hard to find the time to go, you know, to put a video that you'd be proud of putting out there exactly. uh, and not just, and not just throwing something out, out there. Um, but yeah, uh, doing that, it's, it's a lot of fun to do the product reviews, uh, and that, and trying to find a, your unique, uh, proposition, uh, to sort of, uh, make yourself stand out from, uh, everybody <laughs> else, uh, doing them. 
so it's really cool to see and to follow your journey uh, with uh, social media and, and all that and look forward to more of your videos. Um, I just want to touch on one last subject, uh, and that's just uh, you mentioned employees and that you have employees. So when did you first start hiring employees? Oh, let's see. It was about uh, – I think I got my first one about four years ago. Um, okay. Basically, I, <clears throat> what I try to do was I try to go and do as much – of the work as I can myself. I push myself to the max. And then when I got to that point where it's like, okay, I now need to find another person. Uh, then I got to that. Um, they usually, the, the guys that I had I actually, <laughs> my last one, uh, it was kind of a mutual thing. He just quit just a couple of days ago, surprisingly. Okay. But it was more of a mutual thing. Cause I was kind of on the fence of, you know, letting him go, yeah. um, for good reasons. He, he was a good worker, but what happened was he kind of oversold himself. Uh, oh, okay. in the first initial, uh, meeting and he did really well the first month or two and then things tend to slack off and I was paying mm-hmm. him way more than what, um, I would pay anyone else because of what he was bringing to the table and he did really good cause he was helping me cause you know, we were more known for our property maintenance and now we're trying to bust into that landscaping install market. Okay. And that's where I actually wanted to go. That's where I wanted to start my business. But like you said, when you're starting out, you got to take any job you can. So the jobs that we were taking on were really maintenance jobs. And so that's how we built it. And now that we have, you know, a good name in the property maintenance industry, now we're trying to start that in the, the landscaping one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've had uh, a few employees, some of them worked out pretty well and some of them haven't. And that's going to happen. Uh, one of the one of these business guys that I've listened to, his name's uh, Ed Flamigan. I think that's his name. Him and this okay. this one partner. He <clears throat> he's been in business for over forty years. Sold his landscaping company for over four million dollars, uh-huh. and uh, or he, yeah, I think sold it for four million or had an income of four million. A really big guy, but he to- he talked about one of his videos for um, for landscaping. He says that. Over the past 40 years, he's interviewed well over four or 5,000 guys. Wow. So it's – I mean that's got to happen. And like I said, with <clears> – the biggest reason why guys tend to not stay too long uh, with us is because, like I said, with these condo associations, these people are so particular and they complain about every little thing. Mm-hmm. And so that means I had to be a little extra hard on my guys because I told them, I said, you know, I, I'm not willing to lose my accounts because these guys – or making mistakes. Yeah. So I told him that. I said, I would rather be hard on you than lose this account because once you lose an account, it's almost impossible or if if hard, very difficult to get it back. Yes. <clears throat> and I've lost some big accounts in the past and I'm not willing to put my, you know, my family because, you know, family comes first. If I can't yeah. provide for my family, then that's not good. So yeah. I would rather be a little hard on my employees being sure that they're doing what they're supposed to than me lose the jobs. Then my family's in a whole financial situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's something I've been, you know, the past couple of years getting more in depth into because before you kind of hire, you know, whoever can help you at the time. But now that we're getting to that point where, with where our company is, it's like you have to watch your image. And I'm yes. like I said, not only do our <clears throat> equipment, trucks and trailers have to be professional, so does my employees and myself. So mm-hmm. I have a I have a strict no cussing at all rule yeah. when you're working. Because it's happened in the past where me and an employee would be working and the client is around the corner or their windows are open and they're right there. And if mm-hmm. my employees sit in there saying, you know, cuss words or talking inappropriately, uh, that's a that's a real bad image on your company. And so, uh, so I've been really strict with 
uh, with that as well. Um, with how, you know, even strict dress codes, that way, that's why we have, uh, uniforms, you know, you come to work in a uniform. If you don't show up in your uniform, then you don't work. That's just how it is. And it's like that with any other job. Um, like I said, no cussing, dress clean and, um, and just be as professional and polite as possible is really just Mm -hmm. what we stick with. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and also, you know, a point too, is that, uh, you know, if, if you lose those condo associations, then it also puts their own job at risk because you may not have enough work to be able to keep them on. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. And, you know, I've seen some crazy, uh, things happen with uh, different companies. I remember, uh, uh, you know, mowing a lawn and the neighbor was having a new roof put on their house. And, uh, they had these guys out there for, you know, a few, three or four days doing this roofing. And, and one day, uh, um, you know, it happened to be the day that I was going to be mowing the neighbors. I had been driving by all week and, and seen that these roofers were there. Um, and I got there and it was around uh, lunchtime and the roofers came down off the uh, the roof. And then they all sat down uh, in the shade right by the, the garage door, right at the front. The house was sort of shading uh, from the heat of the sun. And they sat in a circle and started smoking a joint. And oh I was gosh. like... Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? And the owner wasn't around, the business owner. He was, you know, he was, uh, seemed like one of those companies where he's out doing bids all the time and sending these crews to, and they were smoking a joint. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that sort of thing. And, you know, in some places it's legal, some places not here in Canada, it's still illegal, although they're probably going to legalize it across mm-hmm. the country within the next year. It's legal here um, in Washington. Washington. Yeah, I've they're noticed. I've, I, the first ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, we have a spot we uh, bought in Washington State, uh, and we drive out there uh, near um, um, where is it? Cedro Cedro Woolley uh, area, and uh, we see all the signs that say eighteen and plus with the uh, pot leaf and stuff, yeah, where you can go and yes, yeah, yeah, and buy it and stuff. We're like, oh, I guess that's how it's going to be back home when uh, the law starts uh, changing. Um, but yeah, but at the time. You know, this is a couple of years ago. It was still very illegal. And these guys are sitting out in the open on this driveway that this person's hired this company and they're smoking a joint during their lunch break. And I was like, oh, my goodness, why would you, you know, with your company trucks and all that stuff? It was just mind blowing to me. Yeah, um, that happened. Actually, one time I went down to Oregon to go when I bought my Hustler X1. I also bought a the Toro Turfmaster 30 inch from this one gentleman I met down there. Mm-hmm. So I met him at the dealership right down the road. Me and my wife went to go get, get something at Subway. So I'm walking out of Subway. The guy pulls up. He was an older gentleman, probably at least in his 40s, so not old, but older than me. Um, pulls up in his truck with three employees in the truck with his company logos and his company trailer. Walks into a drugstore and then walks out with a case of beer. And I'm thinking, like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, your employees are right there. Your company logo is right there. And you're walking out. Like, I don't know if they drank it or not. But I'm thinking – I'm looking at that like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you seriously do that? Like, you know, some of the stuff – you know, it's funny that some guys, they just have this, you know, I don't care what people think of me. And I think that that's one of the worst attitudes to have. Yeah, I think that you should care about your image and your reputation because I know guys, you know, like there was a contractor I worked with over this past summer <clears throat> and we worked for about with him for about a month doing install work. And then we completely stopped because the guy was just so abusive verbally to these guys. He would put these insane strict deadlines on me and all these other contractors 
and what made it even more difficult because he would build a house in like three months, which is impressive. Mm. But the way he yeah. would do that is he would schedule multiple contractors at the same time to work on this house. So basically you're working over contractors. <clears throat> so there was one time where the, we were trying to finish the landscaping beds up along the house to plant our plants and then get our irrigation system in. <clears throat> and he had the guys there doing the mortar or, you know, hanging the rock on the exterior yeah, of the yeah. house. At the same time. Yeah. And the guys, they leave in the middle of the day, they leave their scaffolding, all their tools, and we couldn't finish the bed. And the guy, the contractor chewed us out saying, well, why didn't she get that done? And I told him, these guys left their stuff in the middle of the day. They left at two o'clock in the middle of the day <clears throat> and never came back. And we couldn't place the beds in there because I'm not going to be responsible for moving their stuff in if something breaks. And yeah. he completely complained to us and yelled at us for that saying, oh, that should have been done. You're, now you're just thinking of excuses. And and so he uh, – that contractor has a horrible reputation around this area for being extremely verbally abusive to people. And mm. I, I just did not deal with him anymore. I said, you know, we're completely done working for you. And, and you know, that's – you know, so I – you know, you got to watch what you do because it's going to come back eventually to, to get you. So, Yeah. <sighs> So with your um, – just back to the employees a, l a oh, little yeah. bit. Maybe you could uh, <laughs> share uh, – no, no, that's no problem. Um, uh, you can share maybe some tips, some hiring tips that you've learned over the years mm -hmm. um, and uh, what employee challenges have you come across. I know um, a, a friend of mine who has employees and he's had, uh, uh, you know, uh, had to go on vacation and sort of trusted his employees to, you know, take care of things. And, you know, at, at one point they, you know, put equipment in the trailer um, and uh, forgot to lock the door or latch the door. And then they drove around a, a corner in a busy intersection and the door flew open and the mowers and stuff all flew out oh, to the gosh. middle of the intersection. Uh, yeah, sort of stuff like that. So do you have any employee nightmares and any hiring uh, tips that you've uh, sort of learned on your own from uh, the process? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, I, I have my, um, all my stuff. And then there's one, like I said, there's this one company right here that was so big. He told me so many nightmare stories. Like they're ones you cannot believe. Like mm -hmm. <clears throat> bought a brand new mower and the guy, I think put diesel in the gas engine Ooh, completely yeah. destroyed it. There was one guy that was driving a truck and trailer. I think he was drunk or something completely flipped it. These are my stories. So I'll get to my stories, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I've heard horror stories. Um, with me, there hasn't been too many. I, I'm like I said, I, I try to be particular with who I hire, and sadly, like uh, not this last guy, but the two guys before that, they didn't have driver's licenses. They were told they told me they were going to get them, but mm -hmm. they just never got them. So luckily, they never drove my trucks and trailers, so we never had those problems. Yeah. Uh, this last guy that I had since. Uh, he worked for a company for like a big company for about two and a half years and he's done this kind of work, but he was not uh, familiar with trailers. You know, I tow trailers every okay. day. I have a lot of trucks and trailers. Yeah. And um, within the past like six months that he worked with me or six to nine months, I forgot how long it was. He started about midsummer last year. Uh, there was one time he forgot to actually connect or place the latch down on the trailer and he was driving right. around without it. And I, right. I pull up and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I was, I flipped out because I'm like, dude, you realize that's a huge problem. Like, right. you know, because, <laughs> you kill somebody. Exactly. I said that could detach and, you know, go all over the place and not only mess up my equipment, but, you know, could possibly kill someone. Uh, you know, there's been times he forgot to hook up the chains or even plug in the lights. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you know, luckily I can say I haven't had a major horrible, you know, story. But yeah, for the hiring so, tips, is that the next thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things you have to watch out for. And so some of the things I've done recently is for one, call the references or at least ask for the references, um, for their last job. Um, that was one thing I wasn't doing and that was kind of my mistake because I was basically hiring these guys based off their word, which is never good. Um, but definitely call the references and ask them and then don't ask them like the, the, you know, like, Hey, what's their strengths and weaknesses? Ask them questions like, um, if you can whisper one thing into this person's ear about something that they can change to help them, what would it be? You mm-hmm. know, and that's a big thing because then that will tell them, that will tell you whether or not where they're really at, you know? Yes. Um, and that's a good one. Uh, during the interview questions, this is probably the one of the best ones. Don't ask the, the in, interviewer that you're interviewing, do not ask them what are your strengths and weaknesses because they're not going to sit there and tell you what their weaknesses are. They're not going to sit there yeah. and say, oh, well, occasionally I steal stuff or occasionally I'll show <laughs> I smoke behind. Like they're never going to yeah. give you the right yeah. answer. And it's the same thing with strengths. Like don't ask them what are your strengths are because they're just going to sit there and say, oh, well, I'm amazing at this and this. And this is what the last guy was telling me is, oh, I'm really good at this, 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 this. Like. He sat there and told me I was going to help you doing bids, even though I'm not going to get paid. Uh, I know how to do all this landscaping work when he truly didn't, because I would put the bids together without his help, like he told me. And then we'd get on the job, and he would say, oh, by the way, we also need this material. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that? Because that wasn't included with a price, and then it would come out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. So asking questions like what are your strengths and weaknesses is probably one of the worst things you can do in an interview question, because you're not going to get a straight answer. Oh, um, yeah. Another thing is <clears throat> don't get emotional in with your interviewer. Usually they can they tend to um, you know if they either tell you a sob story or something like that. Usually you can kind of feel sorry for them and like okay I'll just give you a job because you really need something in hand. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to be professional and think okay you're looking at hiring someone that's going to better my business not better themselves. Yeah. So you yeah. have to ask them questions like what are you going to do to help me get to my next level or you know better me. And mm-hmm. not listen to these soft stories. Um, you know, that's one of the things I don't like about watching American Idol. You know, like st- shows like that because what these yeah. people will do is they'll come out and they'll tell you, oh, there's, you know, I struggle with this or I just went through this hard time. And then I feel like people almost feel sorry for them. And they're like, oh, yeah, just let them go through, you know. And I don't like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, don't get emotional in it. You have to, you know, be – you're a business guy. You have to be uh, thinking how can this person fit well into my company. Another thing is look for guys that um, have strengths where your weaknesses are. Um, okay. You know, like for instance, with me and my wife, I have a horrible thing, a horrible weakness in saving, but she is amazing at saving. Mm. And so with her, we wouldn't have the savings that we had if it wasn't for her uh, yeah. because I'd be off spending the money. <laughs> so, you know, if um, if you're bad at talking to clients or going after accounts, but the guy that you hires is like a really good salesperson – then yep. there's then, then that's perfect for you. Have them send out and have them go bid your jobs and go meet the clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, so don't get emotional okay. and be rational. And so uh, the next and the last thing I would probably say is, you know, be strict and be clear with your expectations with employees. Say, okay. I, I'm very clear with, you know, we take care of high-end stuff. And not only that, we have a reputation around here for providing high-quality work. So... 
if your quality work doesn't cut what I expect, then you can't be here very long. You know? okay, yeah. And um, <clears throat> because if you fire someone without telling them what the expectation, what you expect them to do here at our, you know, at your business, they're going to wonder, well, how did I, you know, why did I get fired or how, you know, what happened? Hmm. Because you didn't tell me that you wanted it done this way. And so that's why uh, I'm very clear with, you know, like I said, from the very beginning, I don't want to hear any cussing from you. We're a very clean professional company. If you show up to work without your uniforms, then you will not be working that day unless you go home and change. Um, you know, dress clean, be professional and when you're speaking to clients, and then um, just have a, you know, as, po- as a positive attitude as you can. If you lay down your expectations of what you expect from them, uh, and sometimes even setting deadlines, then <clears throat> that will help you quite a bit. Um with them as well because then they know okay i know that he wants it done this way if i don't do it he will not be happy so i'll be sure to do that where if okay. you say oh just go weed whack that whichever way and then they weed whack it and you're like wait why did you weed whack it like that why did i meant like this yes like, if you're not straight if you're not straight with how you're telling them how to do something uh it's going to cause a lot of conflict uh yep. there. and then you know try to build as best communication skills with your uh yes. with your employees too that's yep. that's another thing and at first the last guy that i had it took us like three months to two to three months to really clearly understand each other. Uh, and of course we would occasionally have um, miscommunication every now and then, but uh, just be as clear to you employees as possible. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, I think that's basically that's it. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. more, but those are the ones <laughs> yeah. I can pick up. Yeah, you probably do a whole episode on stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. Those are great tips though. So uh, last question, how can people uh, get in contact with you if uh, they want to follow you online? And we don't mean phoning him and bothering him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't, don't call me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do the best that I can through emails. If they're long emails that I can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's a full-time job, you know, not only running a business, but spending time with family and then also doing yeah. social media. Uh, the best way to get in contact with me or leave questions is either in the comment box or what we're starting to do now is live uh, streaming live on YouTube. Uh, okay. There are some kinks that we're trying to work out with that because, like I said, you know, when we first talked, uh, there was a huge lag in our last one. But uh, if there's questions that you really want to ask me, then, yeah, like I said, either trying to leave them in the comment box on YouTube uh, getting them answered in our uh, live chat or just simply trying to message me on uh, either Instagram or basically YouTube or email. Okay. Uh, but okay. just don't call or text me because I don't I don't respond to that. <laughs> so. And it's and it's Ambrose Landscaping on both those platforms. Yeah, Ambrose-Landscaping at hotmail.com okay. is my email. You can reach me there. Uh, it's all all that information is on my website at Ambrose-Landscaping.com. Okay. Uh, I think on YouTube all the links are there. If you go to our main page, which okay. I'm looking, uh, yeah, it does have like our Facebook. Um, uh, it looks like I need to add some other stuff too, but yeah, oh, yeah. that's usually the best thing to answer. Okay. To. Yeah. And I'll put some links in the show notes uh, and description here too, for uh, people for your YouTube and your Instagram. So they can uh, just uh, grab that as well. So I'd like to thank you again for taking uh, the time out uh, to uh, come on the show and uh, share your insight. Uh, and uh, I would urge all the listeners of this podcast, if you haven't already uh, followed uh, Ambrose landscaping to uh, subscribe to him on YouTube and follow him on Instagram. Uh, so uh, thanks Jason for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. I, I'm hoping that uh, I help some people. That's kind of my goal is to help guys that are either looking at starting a company or are just stuck in the position that they're at in their company. So 
uh, whatever I can do to help is uh, my best is works for me. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Well, there you have it, Long Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that uh, interview with Jason Ambrose from Ambrose Landscaping. And hopefully you guys uh, took away some of the valuable lessons uh, that Jason shared there, uh, especially in regards to uh, hiring employees, what to ask, what to look for, some of the pitfalls there. And, uh, you know, for you guys interested in adding uh, landscape or sorry, uh, townhome and uh, condo uh, associations to your work record. Repertoire, uh, how to go about that. Some of the tips uh, he shared there are super valuable. Uh, so uh, some great uh, nuggets of gold, I would say, that uh, Jason shared. If you want to follow Jason, as uh, we said earlier, you can uh, find him on uh, YouTube and Instagram predominantly. Um, and I'll put uh, links to those uh, uh, things uh, right uh in the uh, podcast uh, episode show notes. So if you're listening to this uh, using an iPhone, you'll be able to just click on the Lawn Care Business Success logo. It'll flip around uh, with the uh, links right there. Uh, and you can just click on them right there and uh, right even right from your smartphone or your iPhone. And uh, it'll take you uh, right to those, uh, uh, you know, YouTube or Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'd really appreciate if you guys would leave a review on iTunes. Uh, that would be fantastic. You can go to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews. And there's a link there uh, to click on. It'll take you to iTunes where you can uh, leave a review. As I mentioned before, um, you know, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time out to do that. I know it's a bit of a pain. Um, you know, you have to be or have an iTunes, um, you know, user ID, uh, but it's uh, pretty easy to sign up for one uh, and like I say that's why I really appreciate those that do leave uh, the iTunes reviews because I know uh, and in some cases as mentioned in earlier podcast episodes, you know, some people have replied that they don't even use iTunes and signed up for an iTunes ID uh, just to leave a review of the podcast. So, uh, you know, that shows me uh, how um, loyal you guys are to the show. And that is just fantastic. Uh, so, uh, like I said, if you guys want to do that, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews and the link will be there. So uh, that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.